me the wrong You're a flinger, a reaper The devil is never a maker I think that he's coaching the Lakers I don't care what Brady's stupid poll says. Dio is the better version of Sabbath. Hey, and welcome back to the Movication Podcast. I am your host, Tyler Fletcher. I'm Brady. I'm Joe. I'm Cole. (laughs) (laughs) Fail. You gotta drink more of it first. It's too, it's too, it's too high. For our visual audience, you know, the audience we don't have because we don't record this, uh, Brady is drinking a Virgil soda and trying to toot the bottle, but no, he's not doing Failing very well. miserably. It's not even picking it up now. Not even picking it up. Now you're just embarrassing yourself. Whatever, it's good. <laughs> Virgil's is good. It is good uh, soda. Give me that. If we ever do one of these live, you can do that for the live for the live audience. If we do one live, we're definitely going down to Texas because they got like these two got connections to venues that we could doss. Be like, we'll throw on a Southern Revival show at the end or some shit like that. Like, yeah, be a fun time, honestly. We could and then I'm not out. old enough to get into the venue. We could, we could literally call it like a little mini like fest, dude. Like, legitimately, I'm putting this out here. I'm going to manifest this dream right now. Okay, we're we're going to do. We're Cole and I are going to come down to Texas. Mm-hmm. We're going to do the show, mm-hmm. and then like I don't know, like a two three bill band where you guys are headliners. I don't know if we could do a live show with all of Joe's prejudices and stuff like that. that he just yeah, man. Saying it to a mic. Please. Come <laughs> on, boys. But no, man, I'm going to manifest that right now. We're going to have to do a live show, right? It's yeah, better to ask for forgiveness than, than permission. Joe is just going to be one giant. That was just, that was, la- that, was last, that was last episode, guys. We moved on. <laughs> we've matured. Uh, you know, we've Joe's taking classes. Bit. I'm taking classes. <laughs> um, go to sensitivity training, <laughs> court mandated classes. This is a, no, uh, wouldn't that be like a fun? It'd be like a little mini festival. Just there's a podcast instead of like 20 bands. <laughs> yeah, so and the podcast th- is very much, <gasps> bro. All four of our local podcast fans go there and then they leave. What if the bands are too loud? What if, okay, I, I here's a new idea. <laughs> What if we started early afternoon on like a weekend, right? Like mm-hmm. a sun, like a Saturday at mm-hmm. like eleven, and we collectively watch a movie with the audience, like something. Just I don't know. We'll take a poll or some shit. But we all collectively Laser watch chain. a movie together. Jesus Shut the Christ. fuck up, Cole. We collectively watch a movie together with the audience. We do the live show, and then you and whoever else you want to like put on that bill perform at the end and then we call it a day so like riff tracks basically god you said 11 a.m for the afternoon what is wrong with you yeah no well, we gotta give yeah, I'm busy that, that day we gotta give it's a you sell it as a fucking festival people do festivals well yeah but you said afternoon and you said 11 a.m you're also i don't know what afternoon is in texas after 12 yeah you know, like the rest of the world. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> My afternoon starts at seven in the morning. I don't, the hell, I don't know what the hell y'all are talking about. Hell's wrong with you. I'm always up Shut and up. ready, baby. Shut the fuck up, mister. I'm too busy to do anything this week and watch his cartoons instead of the movies that we asked him to watch. Yeah. Cole's not part of the live show. <laughs> I just, well, he's I said the, they're not going to let me into the venue. They're, oh, he's the MC that introduces this is, this is a us. Child. We'll put you outside the, the door. We'll give you headphones. You'll be fine. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be fun? Like, legitimately, I'm asking you guys legitimately now, though. Would that be fun for you guys? Joe's going to yeah, pay I'd out be, of course. Bus that we'll I'd use. be down for it. But like I said, uh, 
Nobody's going to be there at 11 a.m. It'd be for all four of our local fans. And then, <laughs> and then they leave. Nobody's going to be awake. And then the band fans show up. They're like, hey, what's up? We're here for the show. I'm like, it started four hours ago. You know, what are we talking about? I don't even think like a bar would be open at 11 a.m. Yeah, nobody no. who goes to those kinds of shows will be uh, uh, awake at 11. Yeah, no, I'll do my no. one man solo show. Just bars put, on open. Put me up there like, with like a drum track, and I'll just be like, <laughs> "Well, Black, what time does Black Monk open? Because it's also a restaurant, so they have that little loophole thing. Going Maybe noon. See, when you get breakfast. You know, same thing with House of Rock. House of Rock will be open. Oh yeah, we'd have an easier time filling Black Month than House of Rock, though. Or <laughs> we do a house show. Why don't we just go to someone's stay. backyard? Mm-hmm, We're not mm-hmm. property owners here. Yo, how we about can, we can get access to property though, Tyler? We could, but nah. yeah. well, the reason I've said we go to Texas is because you guys have connections to be able to pull something like this off. Yeah, we no, we can definitely pull it off. I don't know about Tyler. I'd have to do it probably. Hear me out. Are you the booker for your shows though? I am the everything for. Yeah, you are not. <laughs> I help. You help. Cole, oh, what's I... your idea? Live show at Whataburger. <laughs> Hell yeah. They'd kick us out in like four seconds. Fuck no. I love not because of Joe's indiscretions. <laughs> <laughs> not if we go to this two story one downtown. Fuck yeah. They can't stop us outside. Yeah. Just hang out on the, the patio all day. The seagulls might stop us, but they can't stop us. I'm pretty yeah. sure that's called loitering at that point. <laughs> not if yeah. I order food. Not if you don't get caught. Not if we keep ordering. <laughs> Which live baby live orders on the show. <laughs> I can keep eating. <laughs> I know you guys. I know we're all joking. Like only four people would show up. I really do think you guys could draw a good crowd for. Like, think about it. Like, I think it'd be I funny because like tickets are like twenty twenty five bucks. You get a movie, you get a show, and like two three bands. Like that's awesome right there. I think and it'd be cool because I feel like every time, and then you guys get to keep whatever you make on merch, like shit. Every time we do post like stuff about the podcast on Facebook, people do comment on like, "I want to be on the podcast" and stuff like that. Like they want to voice some opinions. Shout out to my dude Gage who wants to be on the show, like for real. And I got to figure out. Like I brought it up to you guys, and I kind of have to reach back out to him and be like, "All right, here's our." here's how we do it and all this and we'll figure out when to get them on. But yeah, I'm totally down for bringing people on to the show. Like if they got a movie that we, they want us to check out and like, they want to discuss it with us, like for sure, dude. And then eventually mm-hmm. they become a full-time cast member. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's and, then we have, up, Tyler. and then we have a new fourth. <laughs> no one can replace you, baby. I love you. And then we have a new fourth Cole. Just a rotating. You guys, so Cole. do you guys remember the first season of, uh, Boy Meets World, specifically like the first like three or four episodes where Corey, it was like Corey, Sean, and there was always a third, but the third was different every episode. Yeah. So you're not going to believe this. It's because they called that. It's they called that chair. Well, he's like eight. Hold on. Let me let me um, let 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 me finish finish what I'm saying before Uh I spark out for a second (laughs) because what he just said. But um. Yeah, man. So they called that chair the rotating chair of death because every episode always had a different. And it was just like the in uh, listening to the Boy Meets World podcast, Pod Meets World, they kind of hinted as to why they would do it Uh, back then when child actors like Ben Savage was like a big thing. They didn't want someone to be taller than him or a little bit older than him because Ben was the focus of that show. 
So like you, if you wanted that character to grow with Corey, you couldn't have him be like taller than Corey because Corey is the focus of the show. And it, it's weird, but yeah, that's why they kind of like, they ultimately just made it to where it's just Sean and Topanga and eventually like because, Angela. Because Sean is taller than Corey. Yes, but he plays a different type of character next to Ben Savage's like, because the way um, Ryder Strong kind of described the show as he understood it when he first did it when he was a kid was Ben Savage is essentially a stand-up comedian doing stand-up bits in sitcom form. And he's just kind of there as a prop in a weird way. But like they established really early on, like through script rights that Sean was supposed to be the bad guy and all like the the bad kid and things like that. So like all that was pretty early established, but yeah. All right. Back to what Cole said. You've literally never seen Boy Meets World ever. Nope. I highly recommend it, dude. I like it. Boy Meets World shaped my childhood. Like for it's one of the best, like, and it's weird to say because it kind of didn't, it, it kind of is, but it kind of isn't a Disney original program. It was on like uh, ABC Friday nights, like TGIF, but it became, but ABC is owned by Disney and that's how it kind of got looped into being a Disney product. I think I was but, just too young when it came out because didn't it come out in like 98 or something? No, yeah, it came out, the that. first season came out in 93, dude. Yeah. You might have um, been too young, I, Cole. I wasn't born like, yet. You might be too young, but Disney Plus. Yeah, see, but because like I, I rewatched the series as as I got older. It's and, a once a year watch for me, dude. Yeah, but like it helped that that helped fucking shape my like my teen years, like understanding what they were going through and everything. Yeah, they when I was when I was probably like probably like eight through about fifteen, they were doing reruns of it mm-hmm. consistently on Disney Channel, and that's how I originally caught it. Yeah, me too. It's always like uh, 6 a.m. on ABC Family or something like that. I used to wake up early before high school to watch it. One of the one of the earliest like horror movie memories I have is the Scream episode. That's a good I episode. Fucking love that episode. It's the best episode ever. <laughs> With the dark gun. Even, even <laughs> the pencil that the guy said. Ryder yeah. Strong, Danielle Fischel, and uh, Will Fardell all were like. So when we go to cons and people go, oh, what's your favorite episode? And he's like, collectively, without a beat, we will all say the Scream episode. And they're like, it's not that, it's not called that episode, but that's what but we you know all what refer it to it as because yeah. that's, they, the best, the funniest thing for me in that episode is uh, Jennifer, Love, Jennifer Love Hewitt playing Jennifer Love Pfefferman. Basically yes. her character from <laughs> I Know What You Did Last Summer. Yes. And, Eric, and she like screams at one point and Angela goes, oh no, that is my job. <laughs> I think one of my favorite scenes was uh when Eric shows up as an like an old man, like in the <laughs> gown and the beard. Plays with squirrels. Plays with squirrels, yeah. He's like he's a lollipop. <laughs> oh, I'm too old for this. <laughs> my favorite from the Halloween episode is like the guy getting the pencil through his head and he just like well, slides no, down. He's this tall. <laughs> but I'll always remember he was this tall. <laughs> yeah, Cole. Cole, you, to you hold on, back I'm gonna sell it, it to Cole right here off of this one thing. And that, and not the, the whole series, because the whole series is like this. But this is the one joke that will sell it to you. They made a South Park joke in that episode because the guy oh, yeah, who gets stabbed in the head yeah, with the pencil yeah, is named Kenny. And Eric goes, "Oh, oh my god, told me about they killed that. Kenny." Yeah. You told me about that. I forgot about that, dude. I love that show. Yeah. I should go back. They and actually watch made it again. two. They actually made two because when Eric first comes into the to into the episode, he kicks open the door, and goes, "Hey." 
Halloween. That's right. Yeah. Forgot about that, dude. That's literally a every year Halloween watch for me, too. Like, it's in my rotation of movies and everything. I just want to break character real quick. Uh, Tyler. We have characters on this fucking show. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, I want, I want to break uh, topic. Tyler, mm-hmm. what the fuck is happening, dude? What? Boston 25 to 3 against the oh, Blue Jays? Yeah, Jesus I'm, Christ. I'm, look, can I'm you not mention not that? We don't want him depressed it. on the show. God damn. <laughs> He's already it's depressed. Way too it doesn't late. matter. Yeah. I'm always depressed. Bottom of the fifth, and it's 25-3. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to ignore it. <laughs> I keep seeing tweets and like game notifications and stuff, and I'm just like, I hate oh, everything. Man. Jesus. All right. Uh so <laughs> we <Appreciate> had suggested <laughs> we had suggested uh Cole watch some movies with us this week, and he told us he was too busy. Turns out his busyness was watching cartoons. I was so, also fucking working, you jackass. You were Not when you were watching the cartoons. Fuck you, were you Cole. working when you were watching the cartoons? Yes or no? Kiss my ass. No, yes <laughs> no or no. Excuse. Yeah. He has no excuse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, in my genius of trying to take over this podcast um, and write it back. Is it already your show? podcast? How, how no, do you it's, know it's mine. Podcast? Anyway, shut the hell up. Bong. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so this week we're going to cover new stuff that we've all been watching because they because we kind of really, other than like a few movies, we've been slacking on that. Um, and we're bringing back Brady's crazy. I'm already on drink number two, so I can get this going real quick. Um, crazy sugar rush of movie reviews for Tyler's enjoyment. Uh and then we will talk about basically the state of the union for movies is what our main topic is going to be about. Um, we'll get into it a little bit more later, but I, I feel like this is going to be a pretty interesting show. So that being said, boys, what have you guys watched this week? Anything new, anything fun that you want to talk about? Or I shouldn't say this week since our last episode, I should say. Oh, when I have I've sucked. Uh, I watch Bob's bear. Burgers. You. Fuck. Oh yeah, yeah. I watch Bob's Burgers. Uh, <laughs> did you notice I, the Power Trip shirt in the bear? Uh, yes, yes, I did. I was, I was like, like oh, the damn, one? that's cool. Um, <laughs> I watched Deep Impact yesterday for the first time in a long time, and I rewatched Identity. I will rewatch it again for a third time. I started. Cold. I started Velocipaster, but when I realized we're not going to cover, I turned that shit off right away. <laughs> Look, I swear to our audience, we will. I, we're recording tonight. This is a Tyler Fletcher. Fuck, I said your name wrong. Sorry, Tyler Fletcher production. This this episode because I am going out of town for a week, so I'm gonna let my man Tyler do his thing. Get ready for hopefully insanity. we don't get kicked off of like the internet forever. Oh, um, we will. <laughs> next episode will be Velocipaster. Hell yeah. We're yes, working 100%, on it. Hundred percent. We absolutely Velocipaster and identity. Hundred percent next episode. We're working on it. About damn time. <laughs> so other well, let's start with I can't wait till we push we, we push back Velocipaster for the next episode because we watch the gray man and we're hyped about the gray man. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, true, true, true. I, that's <laughs> I uh, have no interest. I'm gonna quit. 
this episode the, is not getting made. I'm just going to leave. Bye. I, I don't, Cole, even if you have no interest, it's on Netflix. You don't have to go anywhere to watch it. What is it? I don't know. It's made by the Russos and it's got Captain America and uh, Ryan, Ryan Reynolds in it. Or yeah, Gosling. Ryan Gosling. I'll check it out. It looks like a action movie. Just fucking, it's on Netflix. You don't have to put yeah, your Cole, pants on to watch, watch it. it. Okay. So let's start with a movie that we've all collectively watched this week. Bob's Burgers. I'll go first. I gave this movie one star with no fucking review. What? You have a goal, sir. I 100% turned this movie off. I was done. God, you're a piece of shit. I made it like How 45 minutes you- in. I was done. I It was so boring to me, dude. Full disclosure. And here's I didn't the thing. finish it. <laughs> and here's the thing. <laughs> but here's the thing. Unlike you, Cole, I've actually watched like a good portion of the seasons. I was uh up until like season like four or five, and then I just kind of fell off and stopped watching it. The show was good. I was hoping to be, and I under I was honest. Look, I went in expecting a long form version of an episode, and that's what it is, but it just was boring. Like if you if you put a gun to my head. And made me choose between this and the Simpsons movie. I would 100% watch the Simpsons movie again. And I liked that movie a lot compared to this. This one was terrible. It was just, I was so bored. And I know you guys kept saying like, oh, the dance numbers and the singing numbers. That part bored the shit out of me too. Like I legitimately just, at one point my brain shut off. And I was just like, I, can, I cannot do it with this movie anymore. It just, it is so boring and it's literally someone on Letterboxd said it best. It is literally the most mid-tier mid movie ever made, ever. And it's the most mid movie you will watch all year. And I a hundred percent agree. Cause it was it, I just no, no. Sorry. Strong no. disagree. It's, yeah, it's disagree. like you said, it's just a it's an hour and a half episode. Which is what at you least what want. I've seen. But like it's yeah. not Bob's Burgers as a show has never been something that's been over the top, action packed you know, in your face awesomeness, but it's been like a, you know, they're the perfect, you know, and I don't know what's the word I'm looking for. They just, they capture the, you know, the family who is struggling very well. And I feel like that, you know, the, the, the show has always related that and, you know, get into the type of shenanigans that they get into. I love this movie. It was so much fun. I, I can see how you, you say it is boring. Cause yeah, the story isn't that great. But I feel like the you know it it was just a long form episode, but I had a lot of fun with it. The you know the, I'll tell you now that the Simpsons movie story wasn't that great either. But yeah, it was you more know, fun. I was talking about it with with Cole. It's been years since I've seen the Simpsons movie, and it's probably been just as long. I probably haven't watched the Simpsons since I've seen the Simpsons movie. Like I I wasn't really watching the Simpsons much before that anymore. But I probably haven't I haven't probably I haven't sat down and really watched the Simpsons since then. When we tried talking about the Halloween episodes last year, I watched a few of them. That was the first time in God knows how long. But you know, yeah, like I I I enjoy Bob's Burgers. I I like the show a lot. Um, oh, Cole, his heart looks so broken right now. I mean, it's like nobody nobody watches this. Look at his face. I love you, dude. But your face literally looks like you're just a I'm sad. I'm literally fucking... just making a face. Like I'm not even trying to. You look so fucking heartbroken. It, right it now. shows. Well, we'll, we'll talk about it after. But Joe gave me an idea for a future episode, so we'll talk about it later. Um, yeah. I mean, I I I see how you mean the story. The story was a little bit bland, but I I really liked it. I, I had a lot of fun with it. I loved the musical numbers. I liked the. The humor amongst the kids, you know, I just, I over overall, I, I enjoyed it. It was exactly what I expected it to be. Uh, I was not 
I was not expecting a musical, but I should have expected that because it's them. But I really enjoyed it. I had a good time. If I were to rate it, you know, I'd say three out of five. Good time. You also got to take into like account that a lot of the times this show is improvised. Yeah. Like they have like a general story, but for the most part, like it's just people in the studio just coming up with shit. And I like H. John Benjamin a lot. Like Archer is great. His bit parts in Wet Hot American Summer, great. Bob's Burger, it's a good show. But this movie just wasn't good. Different pace, though. I mean, look at different intensity levels overall. <coughs> you know, you have Archer running like a fucking like 100%, and Bob is a timid man who is scared to take a chance. And, you know, he's exactly what it should be. Is. You know, like I said, I, I can see why people might say this is the most mid mid movie. But that's what they are. They're not trying to be over the top the best. Yeah. If somebody went into this went into this movie thinking, you know, this is going to be the the fucking animated movie of the year. You know, I'm not expecting that though, but I'm at least expecting like some enjoyment out of it in some way. And I just I, I, I guess I know you guys are calling me soulless and things like that, but like I just couldn't find any. I don't know. Like like I said, I I didn't get a chance to finish it. I left off. It's at putting the Tyler asleep. No, work was putting me No, asleep. that's other reasons you're putting Tyler asleep. <laughs> yeah. Um, Shh, you're supposed to agree with me. I got, I'm pretty sure I'm close to the end. It was whenever they're, uh, like, they're stuck in the hole, like, in the car after, uh, what's his name, Grover, like, trapped them yeah. under there and stuff like that. Yeah, you're uh, almost at the end. Yeah, it was basically, like, as soon as Bob, like, came up with an idea to, like, get out of the hole, that's kind of where I left off. I'll tell you but, what, right now, Brady. One of our youngest fans, Pennywise the Clown, is going to be very upset that you hated this movie. Shout out, Pennywise. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as far as I got into it, like it's it's an enjoyable movie. It's just a a long episode. Yeah, so I went into the... I've seen maybe a dozen or so episodes of the show. It was never something I was you know, actively watching, but every now and again, I'd catch an episode. And it's a good show, so I went into the movie. I'm like, you know, this will be fun. If nothing else, it'll be fun. I was not expecting a friggin' murder mystery. Like from the get, like from the first scene, I'm just like, oh, okay. Where, where, where is this going? This should be good. And I, I just had, I just had a ball with it. I, you know, it took some twists and turns I wasn't expecting. Uh, Teddy is hilarious in this movie. Is you know he is in the show, but fish odor too. <laughs> yeah, didn't kill so any carnies. I think that I think, sums it up. <laughs> I think Teddy probably had my favorite gag in the whole where he's set, setting up the little cart for Bob and he's like, you put your tomatoes here, your lettuce here, your meat here. Bob, grab your meat. Please don't shout that at me. <laughs> oh, right. Sorry. Sorry. Bob, grab your meat. When the cart fell apart and he's like, oh, no. Oh, God. And then the fucking raccoon just watched it. <laughs> I think uh, my favorite joke was uh, <laughs> whenever they were talking to Fish Odor about the hole and stuff like that. Linda's like, see, Bob, the, f- the hole's going to get filled. She's just like, if I had a nickel. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's, there's, a, lot of, there's <laughs> a lot of small things in the movie that just made me so happy. Like Gene Look, Bannon, I, the Shut up, I'm talking. Uh, the Itty Bitty Diddy Committee. That was funny. That was the, so um, fucking gold. That was so gold. So uh, I, I love Fish Odor. Fish Odor's, well, you know, I know he's supposed to be like the bad guy, but he's like one of my favorite characters. He's hilarious. Fish is funny. The, uh, the stuff I will like, say... That I will rewatch this movie towards the end of the year when we're going to do our inevitable movies of the year list and things like that. 
because I'm not for that episode. I'm not. Oh, I, I will. We'll gen. We'll gentlemen in this like crazy. Just sitting here like this and everything. Anyway, uh, I. <laughs> I'm not a hundred percent on this going on my like worst movies of the year list, but right now it just wasn't for me. Fair enough. That's fine. Watch it when you're in a better mood. Yeah. I was in a perfect mood though. <laughs> like post camp. Apparently not. Oh, that's a terrible time for me to watch it. <laughs> Maybe but, you uh, might be in a bad right. mood for it. <laughs> I wasn't Most really things for the show. Um, the carny stuff was a good time. I love the fucking carnies. The carnies sound good great. like this, by the way. Lucky. You sound great. Okay, cool. Lucky Ducks was a good song. Lucky Ducks is a good song. That's a great song. The 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 car chase scene under the dock. I loved that. That was the circus cart. It's like the carnival carts. God, that was such a cool little chase scene. I'm like, it was. I like really intense. This is awesome. Uh, it it had some emotional moments too. Like I, you know, I liked the part with like Bob's mom and then the giving. Yeah, see, I I was next. I was not expecting that turn to take. Um, because they played a they played a pretty good emotional storyline for for uh, Louise on this one. Yeah, you know they explained where the where the hat comes from and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, this is like this is a real heartfelt moment for Bob because he's saying where this hat came from and everything. And like they corrected Louise's uh, story on how she got the how she got the hat and the fact that I will she, say I do like that after watching the show for so many years to finally kind of have that answer. Yeah, yeah, where it comes from and stuff like that, and the fact that they. I know they've kind of shown her without, not without her hat, but not like directly shown her without the hat on. The fact that she did the little flip at the end, lost the hat in front of everybody, and was like, "It's not a big deal." But they kept the integrity and didn't show her face. Yeah, they. I was very happy that they never showed it because the only other episode I can think about when well, a similar scenario is when the teenager steals the hat and she's rolling, she's rolling around in the hoodie the whole time. Yeah, it was definitely like a, a nice change. It was. I was kind of hoping for more shenanigan from uh, Tina's side, but you know, of course, she's chasing Jimmy Jr. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't <laughs> a fan of the whole Jimmy Jr. thing, but ah. other than that, I really, really enjoyed this movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The uh, what was it the sunny side of summer or whatever? That first song, that was a really good song. <laughs> yeah, that song's. I love that song. You know, I can I can really relate to Bob. Uh, when he was making the practice burger to give to the uh, the banker, having to prepare like what he's gonna, how he's gonna pitch this thing to somebody, I I get anxiety like that. And I have to talk to people about certain things. I'm like, okay, how am I gonna say this? You know, yeah. I play it over and over in my head. How am I gonna do this? How am I gonna do that? I was like, fuck, I can't relate to this on such a hard level right now. Would bringing you a burger work? Yes, I feel like it would. Oh man, <laughs> Is that all we got to say else? about that. I think that's all we're going to say about that. Yep. Yeah. All right. So. Wait, I got one more thing. Great. I got, one more thing. I got <laughs> okay. one more thing. One more thing. Fuck you, Brady, you heartless piece of shit. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> got to censor that one, too. Now. I will say if we're. <laughs> ah, shit. I didn't mean, I didn't, I mean that way. Broken. I didn't mean well, that my way. My heart's just broken. Not, it, I still have a heart. It's just broken. God damn. I, I will even, say. I wasn't even thinking about that. I was just making a joke. <laughs> I will say, I think I still prefer the Simpsons movie, but this is really good, too. Like, they're both. You're biased, though. Like, you're. Not. Okay. You're a Simpsons. Yeah. Hall of you, Famer. you are. You are. You can't justify that. Yeah. But this, this is still really no. freaking good. Like, I can't. It's nothing you wrong know, I'm with really, a preference. You know, I'm really glad they never made a Family Guy movie. Yeah. Dear God. Yeah. Jesus. They've made well, like straight to DVD anyway. stuff, I think. But even then, it was just 
three episodes, two or three I like episodes. Some, I like I Family Guy. Futurama movie, like a full length. Man, I would love a Futurama movie. I mean, they did it's the called before, the Hitchhiker's the Guide to the Galaxy. What's the point? Wait, what? What about Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? That's Nothing. Futurama movie. Shut the get, get the fuck out of here. Thank you for all the fish. You're thinking about it, aren't you, Tyler? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Dude, I'm a big fucking Douglas Adams fan. It's not the same at all. <laughs> One just goes to space. The other goes to the future. It's completely different. Same shit. No. Uh, okay. <laughs> so is that all we got to say about Bob's Burgers? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I am on drink hey, number three already. God damn it. <laughs> okay, no, I'm done. It's a second. Brady. I'm already on drink number three of this cream soda. You got fired up. I saw that face kick on. So, who's ready for some rapid fire? Real quick, real quick though. So it's is it caffeinated? No. So it's just all the sugar that's hitting you. It's cane sugar, bro. But it's it's, it's still sugar hitting you, right? Yes. Okay. Make sure his his Stop eyes are dilated. Down. I'm not. Hey, his shouldn't you take the Pepsi hat off if you're not if you're not drinking Pepsi? It's too late for me to drink Pepsi. I can't do caffeine right now. We'll like, also, I drank coffee earlier, so that's why I'm wired up too. I don't, know, I don't drink coffee because you a bitch. No, I'm not a bitch. Bitches be drinking coffee. Anyway, so rapid fire movie time. Uh, <laughs> Let's. I go. have watched. I have watched seven movies since we last talked to each other. Um, so I'm good. I'm just gonna mute and enjoy. Oh, we this, needed honestly. content. We needed content. Okay. All right. Here oh, we go. Some good. Some I'm bad. Fine. Some. Some great. Some not so great. Some were surprising. I will say that. Uh, let's start with the first one. That would be The Man from Toronto featuring Woody Harrelson and Kevin Hart. If you want to watch it, it is on Netflix. It is a Netflix is he a original. Mountie in that movie? No. Okay. He's an assassin, but he's You're from Toronto. You're thinking of Dudley Do-Right. Yeah. I'm thinking of Dudley Do-Right. How do you even get that confused? <laughs> I, I saw the... I saw Brendan the, Fraser didn't even come up in the conversation. I saw the, like, the still for it on Netflix earlier, and I... It said man from Toronto. I was like, it's Woody Harrelson. I was like, is he wearing a fucking uh, a Mountie hat? Because like no, he's just wearing hat. like a, a, a fedora is what they would call it, I guess. Again, like I wasn't even being serious. Still. I was just making a dumb comment. So I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? I was like, what is that? I was like, hmm. So I moved okay. on. Okay. Anyway, man from Toronto. We'll start with, we'll, we'll do this all for all the movies. Uh, we'll start with the rating that I gave it on Letterboxd again. Uh, I highly encourage you guys to get letterbox. It'd be great for the show. So you guys can keep your thoughts in one area kind of deal, but also it's just a fun thing to track your movies. Like minus, you know, last duel and nightmare alley. I'm on 22 films this year so far. I'm catching never in one place, buddy. <clears throat> you know what I mean though? Anyway. So I gave it two and a half stars. Um, and I just said, cool. Yes. I just, said, said, just don't use it. All right. So I gave it two and a half stars and I just said standard Kevin Hart film, standard buddy movie trope, nothing too crazy. Had a few good laughs, but overall the cookie cutter, but overall very cookie cutter. The two, the two leads surprisingly did play well off of each other though. Like, cause when, when Kevin Hart kind of does his buddy cop trope or not even buddy cop, just buddy movies, it's usually just him in the rock or uh, him and Ice Cube, because I'm thinking like uh, Ride Along, like that movie. And it, it, when I say it's a standard Kevin Hart movie, it's just like a joke per minute, Kevin Hart, witty one-liner kind of deal. You know what I mean? Uh, so for for Woody Harrelson to play like a straight-laced man, 
but then you got Kevin Hart just like basically playing himself. Like there, there is no other character Kevin Hart plays. He just plays himself. Um, it, it works, but it's nothing like groundbreaking or like, man, this movie's something I really want to write home about kind of deal. You know what I mean? Um, so then the next movie we have is also on Netflix. It's a Netflix original. It is part of the contract between Adam Sandler and Netflix to produce movies. It is called Hustle. And I gave it one, two, three, four. I gave it five stars, actually. It played basketball, and, right? Yeah. Uh, he plays. So essentially to kind of like sum up what the movie is about, uh, Adam Sandler plays, I guess, I guess he would say like a talent scout or recruiter for the 76ers. And he finds this dude in, I think, Argentina or something like that, who's really, really good at basketball. And he was playing in like Timberland work boots and things like that because he was, he didn't have money or anything like that. He was really good. But then like just some things happen, like they figure out like the 76ers were like, you aren't doing your job well, so we're going to fire you. So then he kind of becomes like a, a free agent kind of deal like Adam Sandler does. So he's trying to get him into the combine, but he doesn't have like a team attached to him or anything like that. And they, the 76ers are trying to bury this kid essentially because uh, Ben Forrester, yeah, I think that's his name, is in the movie too. And he plays like the owner of the 76ers, like son, but the the owner dies. And so Ben Forrester tries to take over basically everything for the 76ers. And he has a kid that he wants to put in on the team that isn't as good as Adam Sandler's kid. And so then it kind of just, it's, it's, it's a sports drama. Like there's no other way to put it. And like, honestly, I wasn't feeling the film at first, not super into sports dramas. Like there's some that I like, but most of all, like I like Hoosiers. I like Rudy. Um, the blind side is a little bit overhyped in my opinion, but um, I like Rocky. I like Creed. That's about all I like about sports dramas. Like, I'm sure there's some more. I guess you could say Mighty Ducks is a sports drama in a way. Rudy. I said Rudy. Coach Carter. Uh, is that the one with Samuel Jackson? Uh, yes. I saw that a long time ago, pre-stroke, so I kind of don't remember it. Remember the Titans? Okay, remember Titans? Good. Yeah. Radio. Oh, radio. Ooh, radio. Um, Radio's really good. Mm. Is it called Miracle? Miracle or Invincible? The one about the Invincible hockey. is the one about the, oh, the hockey team, team, I think. And Miracle, you're right. I love Miracle. Kurt Russell. Oof. How you're can welcome. I forget that movie? You're Thank welcome. you, Joe. Sorry for my discretions. <laughs> um, anyway, <clears throat> honestly, wasn't feeling this movie. Not super into sports dramas, but it won me over. Had a pretty decent story. Was very heartfelt. Had a couple of moments that stood out to me to make the heartfelt moments better. You can definitely tell Adam Sandler signed on to this movie for his love of sports. And it wasn't his idea mainly by the lack of his personal family and friends in the film. And th- what I mean is like, think about like um, all his movies have all his friends in it and they just go. Do yeah, vacations. it has his wife. Yeah, exactly. He has his wife, his kids, Nick Swarson, like Rob Schneider, David Spade. All those guys show up in his movies because it's a way for him to do paid vacations, essentially. And that's and Adam Sandler is that rich that he can just do that now. And he's like, real yeah, quick, I'll write it off as a business expense, but it's really a vacation for me, and my family. Real quick, I want to add to that. Um, one, Adam Sandler is actually a big basketball player and fan. So yeah, like, that's what just, I said. It, to it see has him, to yeah. do 
Yeah, but also I didn't know. I re- I read this earlier. He met his wife on this on the set of Big Daddy. She's the the waitress. I have to rewatch him. it, but I kind of think I know where you're talking about. Or that he t- t- he takes the kid to go watch a Jets game, and she's like, "Hey, cutie, you know what are you here doing?" And he's like watching the football game. She's like, "Who are you who are you rooting for?" He goes, "The goddamn Jets." I love that movie. And she's like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So I was like, "Tell you could tell that Adam Sandler signed on this movie for his love of sports, and that wasn't exact. It wasn't exactly like his idea. Like he didn't write it or anything like that." Uh, because his family wasn't really in it, with the exception of a few stands out standouts, which meaning family and friends that he does include in his movies is people like Dan Patrick and Shaq, to name a couple. But the only reason Dan Patrick and Shaq were in it because it fits the movie well. They had the they had an inside the NBA like segment, and they had Dan Patrick talking about like the sports news world. So he's good mm-hmm. friends with those people, but it fits this movie to be in it because they're sports people. Um, Adam Sandler and Netflix have honestly been a great pairing together. Everything they put out minus the ridiculous six has been very enjoy, very, very enjoyable. There was a movie that came out earlier this year about the coach for the, the saints, the new Orleans saints and that whole coaching scandal that happened with him a few years ago. And the time that he left the team to go coach his son's little league team. They did a like a family movie for that where Kevin James plays that coach and Rob Schneider's in it. It's an Adam, it's a Happy Gilmore Netflix co production thing. Yeah. Happy Madison. A, what? Happy, Happy Madison. Madison. Happy Gilmore. Oh, yeah, the Happy movie. Madison. Yeah. Happy Madison. It's a co production between those two. And for a, what's supposed to be a kid's movie, it's it was really I enjoyed it a lot. I it, again it's a sports drama, but I really enjoyed it a lot. They talked about that movie on my, on my uh, favorite sports uh, sports podcast. Um, the coach's name is Sean Payton. He's the he's the coach for the Saints. He's been the coach. I wanted for the to say for, Walter Payton, but I know it's the, the that's the player. Cubs. Yeah, the player. Um, but the he's he's Bears. been the coach. He was a coach for the. He's been the coach for the Saints for a long time. He actually, just retired. Um, quote unquote. Um, but yeah, I for, I forgot how they all tied together. I think his. His daughter or something like that uh, dates the son of Sean Payton, and like there's there's some sort of family tie there, and that's why they made the movie um, because they wanted to talk about that. And yeah, there was that time where he left for a year because of the scandal um, for you know targeting players and stuff like that. And uh, that one just kind of goes by the wayside. Everyone kind of forgets about that. Um, so I'm kind of more worried about the Patriots deflate gate and all that because they're trying to take away yeah. Tom Brady's rings. There was also another which. Just going on on record right now, I fuck Tom Brady. I'm not a fan or anything. I'm not trying to like defend him. Just saying. Uh, there is another scandal that never made big news, and there was never really any more uh, confirmation of the allegations. But there was a big rumor a couple years ago that the Saints organization was help was helping pay to keep people quiet to help the diocese of New Orleans from certain allegations that they were facing. The anyway, of, let's move on. <laughs> I'm just saying that could be a true just, crime. Uh, let's just, that, true, that could be a true crime documentary for somebody. All right. Anyway, Cole. so let me finish this. Cole. Uh, overall, I have to say Hubie Halloween is the best Netflix Adam Sandler co-production. Uh, I was going to say, I haven't seen that one, but I do want to watch that me. one. I've well, heard Netflix, it's good. It's funny as hell, dude. I love it. Uh, but Netflix seems to think that Murder Mystery is the franchise potential and they aren't wrong because that one is pretty good as well. I mean, that's the one with Jennifer Aniston and him. They're playing like a, a Adam Sandler and they're playing like a married couple who go on 
at a, a vacation like France or Italy or something like that and basically kind of pose as cops because of some like wacky situation and Netflix is putting its money into that as the franchise potential and making number two for that. Um, next up we have Elvis. Uh, let's go through this really fast. Cause I wrote a lot about this one. Are you ready? Here we go. Three, two, one. And go. what a fabulous and amazing love letter to Elvis as a person in his career. Baz Luhrmann made this movie, uh, Baz Luhrmann made the movie, but he also made me do something that I thought I would never do, and that was care about Elvis. To say that the movie is visually stunning is an understatement, honestly. Tom Hanks plays the perfect villain to the point that I literally got annoyed anytime this dude was on screen. Like, every time he did or said something, I was just like, can we move on? Can we get the movie going a little bit more? Because, like, I was, oof, he was terrible. I also like that they didn't focus too much on his childhood or anything like that. It really just got the story going instantly. There was a nice mix of actual footage and movie scenes as well. I also thought it was important to show that Elvis, and this to me was super important, was to show that Elvis got his musicality from predominantly black gospel art and RB singers. Like, people like to kind of like bury that. On, they think Elvis is this great guy who wrote all these songs on his own. Hound Dog wasn't written by him. He used it from another artist. Sadly, to bring up a point real quick, the actress that played that artist that originally wrote Hound Dog was just found dead in her apartment last night. And this was so, her like, first movie. Yeah. Her career yeah. was about to take off for sure. Um, but uh, also, real quick, I always felt like, you know, artists back in the day, they, you know, uh, borrow yeah, from they, each other a lot they borrow from each other a lot because like um twist and but, shout isn't a beatles song but everyone associates it as, as a beatles song but, but the thing is, is like they literally and he, baz Luhrmann did a really good job of this too like they literally show a scene where he it's right after he kind of became like he became elvis you know like it's right after he blew up he was kind of not handling it very well so he had an argument with his mom when she was still alive at this time and uh, decided to take one of his big fancy cars and drive out of Graceland and all this and go down to where he likes to hang out, which is an R&B club. And I think the artist that they were trying to portray in that scene was Little Richard playing. And Elvis was like, who's that? And I'm pretty sure they said Little Richard. And like from there, you, he kind of got his flamboyancy a little bit that you associate with Elvis, like his his big colorful big his variety shows that he would put on like that kind of like performance he kind of got it from little richard watching him perform and they showed him hanging out with like not bb king with someone else that was like big at the time and they took a picture of that and then like the uh record label was like you we can't show this to anybody he's not supposed to be hanging out with these people so they showed a really good job of like and this was one of the shining moments for tom hanks too and the character that he was, or the person that he was playing was the fact that like the record labels were trying to like tell Elvis what he couldn't can and couldn't do. And then Tom Packard just going, I can't stop him. Like I'll try, but I'm not going to try my hardest or anything. Like I'm not going to. And control him fully. Yeah. That thing. Okay. Yeah. Do they show Anyways, him uh, like hanging out with Johnny Cash in his younger time at all? No. Cause I know, I know in walk the line. Uh, early on yeah there Cash was like a scene where he's like climbing a tree yeah he's hanging out with uh 
with Jerry Lee Lewis and he's hanging out with with Elvis. Uh, but I don't think yeah, Elvis was off fireworks and shit. Yeah, they're shooting off fireworks and shit. Like I saw the hotel. I was like, oh, that's always cool. Um, did they elaborate? Because like in the trailer on like on the picture where it says Elvis, they had a lightning like a thunderbolt and it said TCB. Do they what? Do they explain what that is? Because I wasn't really sure what that what that symbolized. It's the name of his band. Okay. Yeah, I looked that up too. They don't tell you what it is. Yeah, but I, had I did up. look it up, and it has something to do with like the name of like his backing band, because it's like Elvis is Elvis, right? But his band has a name themselves. Did they ever say the name? You'd have to look it up. I forget what it is, but they okay. they, they don't say it in the movie. Like Elvis I, featuring whatever TCB stood for. I tried looking it up, and I was like, <clears> "What does that TCB and the Thunderbolt stood for?" But and the Thunderbolt is. I kept uh, getting the the fucking Flash Gordon shit uh, that's what i want this is what i want the thinking care of business taking care of business okay that makes sense the thunderbolt is also his way of because they do show this in the movie too that elvis is a huge comic book nerd Shazam. specifically Shazam, captain marvel yeah. Well, shit, yeah the original captain marvel before yeah. they changed the name to Shazam. The good captain marvel uh and he kept like there's a few times where he's mentioned like i want to look like this like this is how i want to dress and like i want to be big like this guy i want to be a hero like exactly this guy. You know what I mean? Anyway, <laughs> going back, um, is he going to come back in or what? What do you guys want to reach out to him real quick? I'll call him. Uh, going back, um, Elvis got his musicality uh, predominantly from predominantly black and black gospel and R and B artists, but also showed that he was very much an ally and supporter of that community as well. The community he grew up in. Honestly, my one and only negative for this film is. The way Baz Luhrmann went about doing the soundtrack, he uh, went. <clears throat> he said he's trying to get to the Zoom call. He's on the phone right now. Say hi, Tyler. I can't hear him. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, he's okay, he's he's trying to get back in. So okay, bye, Tyler. I'll let him in when we can. He can edit all. So no, leave it in, Tyler. This is not the fun. No, Tyler, when you're it. hearing this later on, leave this in. Honestly, my one and only negative for this film is the way Baz Luhrmann went about doing the soundtrack. He went uh, with the same style he did for The Great Gatsby, which is popular artists making new songs mixed with, mixed with Elvis music or older songs that just fit the era. Uh, and for me, it just didn't work. I didn't need a scene where Elvis arrives at his favorite hangout spot set to a version of Hound Dog with a bass drop and a verse from Doja Cat that lyrically does not fit anything within the movie. Also, don't go into the movie thinking you're going to get walk the line they're two vastly different versions of what For a music sure. biopic are and honestly look i love the walk the line um this one was i think stronger though because it, it showed in a weird way it it showed everything about ellis's life without focusing on one part of it too much and ultimately when you get down to it um walk the line really kind of just shows you Johnny Cash's career up to him performing at Folsom Prison. That's true, because they he has. Show, they do. His, they his don't career show him dying. His entire life, so they don't show him dying. But they do. They do go to that. They do show his impact on the world and all that. I was legitimately crying during this movie. I did not think I would cry as much as I did. I legitimately cried during this movie. I shed a few tears as well. Elvis. Yeah, okay. and during and I will say probably the best. The and Joe, I know you're probably going to roll your eyes at this, but um. The best scene that I've ever seen Baz Luhrmann ever make was in this movie. And that was the ending scene where they show his final performance. And it starts out with Austin Butler 
performing and turns into archive footage of the legitimate final performance. And like they show Elvis just like he was he he was clearly not feeling good. Like someone had to uh hold the microphone up to him while he was playing piano. Like and he was just he was he was fat Elvis and he was sweating and it looked like he was gonna die on stage right there. But it was you got the sense that he even knew this was going to be his last performance. And it, I was legitimately like, I was just like, yeah, that's where they end the movie. And I'm like, Holy fuck. That is, that is amazing. When they switched to the live footage, like it took me a second. I'm like, wait, is that still Austin? Cause the, he looked so good in the role. Like I couldn't tell it was the real Elvis for a second. Like, Oh, he, and Austin Butler actually performed songs on the soundtrack too. Yeah. That's what I heard. And uh, I'll have to find it and send it to you guys. I'm pretty sure I said this last show too, but I have to find it and send it to you guys. There's a Baz Luhrmann on his Twitter posted a screen test of Austin just playing guitar on one of the sound stages, singing an Elvis song. You couldn't tell me it wasn't him. You could not tell me it wasn't Elvis. Like this kid was made for this role. And I a hundred percent hope this, like his career has already kind of been there because he's, you know, he's been on Disney and stuff like that. But He's gonna go places from this movie, and he deserves I, it. I really need to see this movie still. It's on my it's on my watch list. It's uh August, I think fifth. I think I said was it's gonna be on HBO Max. Dude, I might just wait then. Fuck it, um, because I don't I don't see time this weekend or next weekend. The band's busy. Uh, I think it's out of theaters already. Anyway, probably. Yeah, it probably um, is. I I will agree with you. Maybe like, like you know I've I've heard some of the some of the soundtrack for Elvis already because I wanted to hear Casey Musgraves. Um, can't help falling in love with you. That good was a rendition. good version. Good She's version. a beautiful singer. I have two of her albums and I'm going to get more because like, I love Casey before this, but when I heard that, I was like, oh. it was pretty good, but I, I did hear uh hound dog and Vegas and shit like that. I was like, okay, like it's okay. Um, did you hear I did, in the ghetto. I not hear that one. I did oh, God, like Boz's version so they, of like, can I just real but, quick. They played in the ghetto uh, during the ghetto. closing credits, and they started at right. Yeah, you get that. You get that Elvis like really good in the ghetto, and then you get ghetto. And I was like, "What is this, dude? Like, what are you doing, Baz? Stop it!" Just I just think it. of Cartman singing in the ghetto when they're going to Kenny's house. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, I did like Baz's you know, music choices for the great Gatsby. I feel like that fit more. Yeah. Great soundtrack. It did not fit for this movie. Interesting. Um, I love the Gatsby soundtrack. I own it on actual, like legitimate physical CD. I own it on vinyl. I would love to own it on vinyl, but I've never seen it. I'll show you later. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I, the I, Amy Winehouse version of back in black on there. It's fucking beautiful. The fucking Beyonce. I feel like all his movies have like banger, banger soundtracks. Look, you look at Romeo and Juliet. Fucking great. Um, What's on that Rouge, one? Is um, it more like nineties rock? I would think. Yeah, more nineties rock. Uh, all right, cool. I'm with that. The big one for me was like um, Radiohead's "Creep." I'm oh, sorry, uh, talk show host. Talk show host was the name of the song. Oh, I'm not huge into Radiohead, so that was like one song I always like. I never knew who it was, and. Um, I was always like looking for a button. Like I never thought to like search for it for some reason. Like I was just, I don't know. You know, how you, you know, you have that weird thing where you're like, you know, you can just search for it and look it up, but that's not how you want to go about finding it. 
Because there's like one that plays on the Ozarks trailer all the time. That's a Radiohead song, but I've never yeah. looked it up. But I could just tell you, it just starts out. Doo, 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 hand and there's just you know, I'm there's like, there's just this? certain things like I don't like to look up because I rather you know find it naturally or organically because I feel like if I just Google it, it kind of ruins the mystique of it to my to me. Um, but I remember when I finally learned it was talk show host by Radiohead. I was like, okay, I really like this song. Um, but yeah, it's all like '90s alt alternative music and stuff like that and then moulin rouge you have you know all the hits on that one being remixed and everything i would and then with the great gatsby you know all the bangers and stuff like that um so for you to say like i think maybe the jay-z mo- song i'm not a huge jay-z fan but the jay-z song on great gatsby be awesome love it yeah i think for me i might not like this elvis soundtrack so much because it's a lot of artists i don't know because it's a newer generation, so I, I can't really appreciate who they when, are. When a movie like this comes out that I know it has like a really, it's supposed to have like a separate soundtrack, like not a score, but like an OST is what you would call it. Right. Um, which stands for original soundtrack. Right. Um, comes out, I usually drive home from the theater listening to that soundtrack. I made it like two songs in and I was like, I can't do this. Like, I listened to the Casey song, I listened to the Doja Cat song and I was like, the Doja Cat song is terrible. The Casey song is amazing. I just don't want to listen to anything else. It was also kind of long. It was like 20 tracks. Um, all right. This one will get Cole back into it so he can pay attention to the show instead of reading about comic cons. All right. Anyway. I just oh, texted something interesting in the chat. John Wick teaser just dropped. Awesome. We'll watch that later. Real quick. This will get Cole back into it. Okay, Last thing. I really like Patrick Wilson's version of uh, Can't Help Fall in Love with You in The Conjuring 2. I'd have to read, still need, still to, need to see that one. He sings it to the family, like as as a way for oh, them to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember to that. like be like close. I was watching it like this, but yeah, I remember that. Conjuring is the, the one. The whole time man, I was right? like, something bad's gonna happen. I'm like, no, it's just what a movie. It was scene. like that. It's just a nice scene. Okay, <laughs> is that the one with the crooked man? Yeah, I need to see. I was that. just waiting. I was just waiting for the the end of that scene. The crooked for, mile. Uh, I was just waiting for the end of that scene for. uh What's her face from Hateful Eight coming in with just like smashing the guitar? Like, nah, nah. <laughs> all right. Anyway, this will get Cole back and do it so he can talk about this one with me real quick. Uh, next up, I have Jerry and Marge go large. I gave Whoa. this. Oh, wait, hold on. I forgot to tell you, Elvis. I gave one, two, three, four, five stars. Uh, Jerry and Marge go large. I gave it two and a half stars. Um, this will be the best review that you hear all night. Ready? Every once in a while, you watch a movie that you go, my grandparents would absolutely love this movie. And that's exactly this movie. Nothing too exciting to write about, honestly. The kid from Harvard storyline was un, un useless and just why was it there? Oh, yeah. Uh, because you already have the lady looking into, like, the, there's a lady writing a newspaper article about what's going on. So, like, that's already, like, the like the villain of the sh- movie, I guess you could say. But, like, the kid from Harvard just, like, I want to do it, too. Like, fuck it, off, dude. It felt like they were making two. Hold on. I'm not done. Okay. Okay. Uh, but also, um, the, and this is my last few point, the, also the main Harvard kid making a reference to the Andy Griffith show, uh, seemed odd to me. Like he was like, it's so nice here in Mayberry. I'm like, you're like 12 kid. Why do you know about that? Like, why are you making a reference to this? Uh, no kid that young knows the show, but yeah, literally this, <laughs> this movie is literally like, you'll watch it. It's on Paramount plus. If you want to watch it, um, you'll watch and you'll be like, my grandparents will like this movie. 
that's about it can you tell me what the movie's about again like the premise because i saw the trailer for it and i was like holy shit because it has brian so, cranston in it right brian cranston's really good at math and he pretty much figured out a way to win the lottery every week. that's right yeah it's yeah, breaking yeah, yeah. bad without meth okay i'm for that still essentially <laughs> And then, like, it became like there's like one point where like you can only win it so much before the jackpot like breaks or something like that. That's right. Something. And that's what the Harvard kid was trying to force. And like, it didn't like they use their old people skills of just going to talk to people and be like, "We like to do this because it's something we could do." Oh yeah, put a new machine over here with us so we can do it twice as much because this is how we spend time together. And then, like, the Harvard kid, like, literally the ending story of the Harvard kid is like Brian Cranston, like calls him out on it and then his dad shows up and like you're going home you're out of school now and that was it it felt like two separate movies that they kind of combined the harvard shit was what and like you said the mayberry thing i literally paused the movie and i was like what what hold up hold up hold up did this kid just make an andy griffith joke and like the the harvard kid had was going in to like just be a douche yeah and make money essentially Whereas Brian Cranston and his wife were there to, they they didn't keep any of the money for themselves. Yeah, they, they were helping. literally like rebuilt the entire town that they lived in. Yeah, they were doing it for the reason you're supposed to do that shit. Meanwhile, this kid just being a douche nozzle. I I just did. I I really liked this movie. It was a fun movie. I just feel like the Harvard kid could have fucked off somewhere. I I just couldn't couldn't have cared less about his storyline. Be at Harvard. Huh? And so you said this kid can fuck off somewhere. I was like, maybe at Harvard. Well, he ain't in Harvard anymore. <laughs> All right. Uh, the other movie I saw, um, where the crawdads sing. Oh, I didn't oh, the oh. Crawdads. Sorry. Oh. I didn't know you saw this. So what, Joe? I don't know. Anyway. I I see the name of that movie, and like it looks like every YA like style movie that comes out like that. And oh, it's it's definitely not YA at all. But like I hear where the crawdads sing, I just imagine some Sunday guy. Like, oh, where the crawdads sing? Oh, come down to the crawdads. See, I had heard about the book for years, but I never knew what it was about. Then I saw the trailer, and I'm like, oh, this I'll get Joe interested about? in this movie. Doesn't please do. Ready? Ready? It looks well, interesting. It to, to get you interested in the movie. Um, Basically, like I guess the author of the book is wanted in questioning for murder. What? One more time. Yeah. Uh, just look up where the crawdads sing, and you'll read about how the author is like wanted for questioning for murder. What? <laughs> but this is like a murder wait, from wait. a long time ago. Do you mean the author, like the inside book. the yes. book, or the no, actual the, author? The actual the book. book author, the lady who wrote the book that it's based off of. Huh. It's not even like in America. It's like. A poacher died on TV and she happened to be there or something like that. It's something weird. Anyway, the book is not, I mean, the movie is not about that at all, but it kind of is a little bit. Uh, basically, to essentially sum up this movie, it takes place between like 1953 and 1969. Um, 69. <laughs> anyway. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Tyler, you have to cut that one out. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, keep it in. Oh, <laughs> I can't read this Wikipedia article. <laughs> anyway, is there a TVMA? Can't do it without an adult. I, I'm just going to screenshot it and like send it to the chat because I will have to censor this whole part if I read this shit. <laughs> it's something Joe anyway. would say then. Yes. Yeah. Come on now, guys. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to classes. All right. <laughs> anyway, um, basically, this girl that they call the Swamp Girl. 
Uh, she lives in the swamps of, I want to say, if I remember right, North Carolina. It might be South Carolina. Uh, her dad's an abusive asshole. Her mom literally walks out of the house and then her brother walks out of the house and then her sisters walk out of the house. So it's literally just her and her dad and her dad dies. So it's literally just her. Uh, there's this kid named Tate who chills in the swamps too. And like they start dating and then he goes off to college, but doesn't return. Uh, so she starts dating this douchebag football player and like, he's also engaged to another woman and she finds out about it because she goes out to like this is she goes out to I it it doesn't um oh, up. what I was trying to show my phone because I read the thing that Cole sent oh Jesus anyway. Christ uh, anyway Jesus Christ. so she goes out to public like goes out to society and like they're like oh my god it's the Marsh girl and he's like there and he's like this is my fiance and then so like she gets all pissed off and then kills him um but her lawyer the, the, so it's like half like tells you what happens and half a movie about the trial and um her lawyer successfully defends her and gets her off like she doesn't go to jail or anything like that by using in like look it it and i'll repeat myself when i read my review real quick but it made a couple actually i won't say it right now but it did make a couple good points um essentially about the justice system in a weird way weirdly but not to get too political it, it made points that make sense to someone like me but not it doesn't apply to everyone if that makes sense um anyway so yeah uh then you find out that even though she swears her innocence that she didn't kill her her boyfriend or whatever and she has a pretty credible alibi uh they show like her after the trial her and tate uh do what they call living like geese which is they never get married, but they're in love for life. She dies. Uh, he starts packing away all her stuff. And the one piece of evidence that could tie her to the case is literally like it was buried in all of her stuff pretty well. So then he realizes she did kill him and then like throws it in the water to kind of get rid of the evidence. That, but they're also like 80 something at this point. So it's not like it really, and she's dead. So it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. At that it's, point. The, it's the sixties in the South. Like he's, these things happen anyway um I went, into this, <laughs> I went into this movie fully expecting not to enjoy it at all and came out enjoying it uh quite a bit more than my expectations some parts of it felt very the notebook but overall the movie itself or but overall the story itself the murder and the trial made the movie for me the setting was nice but also the movie itself looked a little too polished in some of the some parts of it like the buildings and even uh the people in the scenes looked to be CG'd into the picture. Like it, it, like I said, it takes place between 1952 and 1969, but like they put like a certain like color palette to the movie and it just, it, it looks fake. Like it looks like they're literally standing in front of a green screen. And it's pretty obvious that like, they're not actually in a, in a fucking outside like courtyard area. It, it but they probably are, but it, it just looked terrible to me. Um, there was a couple of really strong points made about the justice system and society as a whole. Uh, but ultimately I feel like it'll kind of fall on deaf ears and only a certain demographic of viewer would pick up on them. And those are like uh, how you judge people. Like, cause the, her lawyer was like, you know, she has a name, but we all call her marsh girl. And we just, other than like these people at like some general store, no one cared about her. Like, 
and we just made fun of her pretty much. Like she was just the marsh girl. And then also the fact that like, she was different, which goes into like, and this is why I said it, a certain demographic of people will pick up on it, but not everyone will. And like that, that point of him making like, we literally are blaming this girl for murder because she's different really hits home because that invokes memories for me of like the West Memphis three and things like that. Or even recently, like stranger things, how they, they were like, Oh, Eddie killed the teenager or killed the cheerleader because he's Eddie and he's a metalhead and he's different. And like, that's what they did with West Memphis three, two back in Arkansas in 1993, three little boys died. And they're like, Oh, they killed him because they're different They're They don't fit into our, baptist society that we have here and like they they're the odd kids so we'll blame them and that happens quite a lot it really does but like not everyone's gonna pick up on that and if they do they'll just be like okay i see what he's making a point here but then they'll just move on it doesn't really have any like sticking power to it um the dude oh also the dude 100 deserved to die he was an asshole like i would have killed him myself like fuck dude like he was just terrible. Um, Mr. FBI guy, that. if you're listening, uh, I am not serious. I would not actually murder someone. Anyway, uh, he was literally the worst. Overall, I enjoyed what I saw and honestly would recommend it to someone check out. Like I would, like if it was on streaming or something, you were like, have you seen this? I'd say, yeah, check it out. It's kind of good. Uh, and then the last movie I have to talk about that we watched or that I watched, and then we can move on. Sorry. Um, is Thor and Love and Thunder. I gave it three and a half stars. Okay, uh, I'm curious about this one. Without any spoilers, this is the most spoiler-free uh, review I can give it. Uh, well, <laughs> well, here we go again, another Marvel movie, and I have opinions. It wasn't the best, but it wasn't the worst. Uh, the Thor films always feel like low-budget afterthoughts to me. Like, legitimately, it feels like oh, hey, we have rights to this character. Let's go get some cosplayers and put them on screen. That's what it feels, all of those movies feel like to me. Yeah. Um, they, they just feel off compared to the MCU proper, like as a, in a bigger picture. The Thor films just really feel like they're just there. They're not there to be fun or anything like that. They're just, they're there. Ragnarok um, disagrees with you. I never saw it, to be honest with you. Yeah, I would say Thor 1 and 2 don't really fit the mcu like it doesn't feel like it belongs in there not until they give them the guardians makeover in ragnarok anyway uh you're welcome natalie portman and christian bale make this movie but christian bale was almost too good to be in this movie i like the guns and roses soundtrack and their use of the november rain guitar solo was actually a shining and fun moment for the film overall it was fun but these movies the mcu as a whole uh honestly are just overplayed and the fatigue is even hitting the products in my opinion points for using a dio song rainbow in the dark in the credits but they should have used it in the movie too there was a few spots where they could have used it i'm just saying also why were the guardians of the galaxy there for only like two minutes like pointless to my in my opinion i know cole you have an opinion right now but yeah pointless uh on one other thing i enjoyed figuring out the what 80s bands they were using as like credits like they used 80s logos like i clearly picked up on uh judas priest and i'm pretty sure vinnie vincent and ace freely and things like that like they used their logos as like 
Chris Hemsworth's name and Takeda, whatever his, however you say his name, like his name and Natalie Portman's name. I had fun trying to guess like what band they were trying to put with what person. Um, but like I said, overall, the, the Marvel fatigue, which is a real thing, um, to be honest with you, Star Wars fatigue is a real thing too, but Star Wars isn't as bad as Marvel it, to a point because how many Marvel products have we had this year? Too many. Too many. How many Star Wars products have we had this year? Not enough. Cole, you've had like it's, one. Not enough is the right answer, Cole. Shut the fuck up. Book above like, too much. No, they don't. They you're wrong, dude. Like you're very wrong in that. Not this kid we've stinks. had yeah. bad take, Cole. We, we've had <laughs> what if I had a good take? We've had Obi Wan stinks. Oh we've yeah, Obi Wan. You're right. I forgot about Obi Wan. That's the only thing. How do you that forget about Obi Wan? It's the only thing we've had for Star Wars this year. Jesus. And we've had four net, we've had four Disney Plus Marvel shows plus like what two movies at this point? That led yeah. to nothing. We don't need that many in the in a year, dude. We don't. And like this will bring us to our big topic, the state of the union of movies. And I, I look, I hate I hate that we get on the show every week. And have to talk about a fucking Marvel product. But unfortunately, it's how we get people to listen to our show. Um, it's how, people like, if we. Show? Cole, not right now. Yeah, Cole, fuck up. It, it, it affects everybody that discovers movie or that discusses movies. Uh, there's that dude on TikTok who goes by Straw Hat Goofy. He calls himself your movie guy. He is fun to watch, but even he's like, Unless I talk about Marvel, I don't get any co- like I don't get any form of traffic to my page. And he's like, I I'm not a Mar. He's like, I'm a Marvel fan. Don't get me wrong, but that's not what my love for movies started. Like I love these big like arts movies, like Everything Everywhere and things like that. But I can't talk about them because you won't watch them or listen to it because it's not Marvel and it, it's it's ruining movies. And by it, 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 it's terrible. The CGI in them is terrible. The CGI is so big at this point that CGI artists, even though they employ like a billion of them, cannot keep up with the demand just for Marvel. Like, and it was terrible in Thor Love and Thunder. There's literally an in the opening scene when the whatever god that he kills right there in the opening scene, spoiler, sorry, uh, when he stands up, I was like, bro, th- where just have him stand up why do you have to cgi him standing up like it was these these movies are not getting better they're getting worse with uh with moon knight i quit watching moon knight because the cgi was just it was too much it looked for what is going on dude and i know cole's gonna come in here they don't have to build to something right away they do need to build to something because what is the point of this the 20 fucking marvel products that we've got right now they're literally leading nowhere I feel like they have to continue building, even though, like, you know, it's a whole new story. You've built up so much, you know, over the last decade, you know, ending with Thanos and everything. Well, what the fuck is next? You're not telling me what is next for this, you know, for this phase. And like, like Brady said, we had four shows, you know, from Marvel and two movies, all signs pointed to something big. And you could have used multiverses of madness as your as your Avengers checkpoint to like, Hey, this is where things are going. This is what's happening. 
but no, you they gave us another, they gave us a, a, a Wanda, Doctor Strange movie that was not that great. And they did kind of tell us where things are going though in that movie, because they kept mentioning incursions. And incursions lead to secret wars. Which this is should have been next. your bigger checkpoint though. If it's, I mean, lo- looking at Loki, looking at What If, looking at WandaVision, all signs pointed that shit was going to hit the fan in Multiverse of Madness because they kept re- referring and building to multiverse. Why would you? What it feels like at this point is they're literally throwing darts at a wall to anything that has the word Marvel on it and be like, yeah, let's include that to phase four. And I know at Comic Con, they just announced that they've, they've filed the trademarks for Secret Wars and all this shit, the Kang Dynasty, whatever. That's all shit we already knew was coming. Yeah. Why haven't you laid the groundwork already for it? That's exactly what they're doing, though. If but multiverse should have given us, given us already. Let's go. Why would you just give me Kang in an in a MCU show? Multiverse should have been the pause point, essentially. Yeah. I don't know. I I think we're still too early on. Like we didn't know about Thanos and all that. At There's this no point. need for us to be waiting around. It's you, it's a hard we knew, reset. We knew about okay. Thanos by like episode four of the MCU. Okay, or Thanos first showed up in the post credits of the first Avengers, but we didn't see him in a big in a decent sized role till Guardians of the Galaxy. But that's still that's six years into the MCU that yeah. we got like our first major look at that. Like I've been telling everyone else on the yeah, internet, the is, you gotta be patient. It'll we'll get there. We'll get there the when thing we get is, there. We, we've already built all that stuff. You're, I know, if, and now if, we're if building to the next saga. Like we can't, they can't just boom. Here you go. They get a I love it. Cole's yes, finally getting into this fucking yes, show. Cole finally has a characters. good take. <laughs> yes, they can just give to me right away because I already I know my... the stories of everything. I know. Okay, yes, Doctor Strange, cool. Fucking give me a, a better storyline. Let me get you something else to argue about right now. Uh, these will be my last, and I'll let you guys take over from here, pretty much. Um, so, shout out to my dude, Cayman, who sings in a band called Strangle You. Uh, they're amazing. He hit me up earlier, because I put my review up uh, for Love and Thunder um, on my Instagram. And he said to me that he hasn't seen it yet, but he was bummed uh, because if they just stopped making everything over the top and goofy and forcing humor in everywhere, they would actually do all right. That plus the scores are too Star Wars-like. No Way Home was the best MCU movie, in my opinion. And this dude is a hardcore Marvel. Like, he has a GCC-rated comics or whatever. They, the people that rate, like, the pristineness of comics or whatever it is. He has a bunch of those at, like, really high rates. Like, this dude collects comics. He he is... He knows his shit. Um, then... I said uh, big same about No Way Home. I really do think it is one of the best MCU movies. And honestly, it is the best MCU movie, in my opinion. Um, but I also said, in my opinion, that Lord Thor Love and Thunder was too Guardians feeling without them actually being the main set of heroes in the movie. Uh, there's also just a massive production issues like the CGI and things like that. Or the fact that like, and I know she was there and she could pinpoint the scene exactly. The fact that like Natalie Portman was like, oh, we filmed that in a Best Buy parking lot. I'm pretty sure I figured out where the scene was. Like it just felt low budgety. And yeah. but those Thor movies always feel low budgety. Remember what I said when I enrolled in the MCU and I talked about Thor? And 
I said it felt like I was watching cosplayers on screen. It's it's what those Thor's movies feel like. And it's weird that it's Thor only movie. the Thor movies. Did you get that to the first Thor, Thor movie feels like it was Thor. made for FX? And yeah. this one feels like it too. <laughs> yeah. And see, that's my and and like you said, you know, it was two Guardians of the Galaxy. Like that was my biggest fear when they gave him what I call, you know, the the Guardian re, uh, makeover because Thor one and two were not that great. Sure, you know, um, the second one was was better in my opinion, but they're like, no, then we need to do something to this character to to spice it up. And then Guardians that came out, and they saw how successful it was, and they're like, we need to do that to Thor. That was my biggest fear with Ragnarok. Like they gave it the the retro hits, you know, soundtrack with you know they open up with a immigrant song from Zeppelin and shit like that. I was like, okay, did they like- use exclusively Zeppelin in that movie too. Mm-hmm. Because that's what they did with this one is they like they opened up with Guardians. Well, they didn't like open up with it. Like you had a scene with like Gore, mm-hmm. the God Butcher, mm-hmm. and then you get like the first Thor scene, and that's when they first start using Guardians. Okay. Or I'm sorry, Guns and Roses. And they kind of exclusively use it. There's a couple scenes with like Valkyrie where she's listening to like TLC and stuff. Mm-hmm. And like her and Natalie Portman are just like this vibing together. And I was it, like, all right, yeah, I kind of it, it was a funny moment, but what you said about the first Thor movie where it's made for FX, this one feels like it too. Like, and that was my biggest fear about Ragnarok. I was like, God, they're giving it the gardens makeover. I hope it isn't, it is not too bad. And then with this one, I don't like guns and roses. So that's a, that's already a big falter for me. I don't care for guns. I'm telling and roses you bro, the way they use the, uh, the entire scene of how they use the November rain guitar solo worked really well for this movie. Care less. Uh, anyway, this is the last point. This is the last point. They're doing the you know the retro style music. I'm just like, ah, I'm like, okay, you're doing the it's same thing. It's what's popular now because of Stranger Things and shit. I'm just saying. No, it's popular because of Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Okay, that's true. Uh, last point that he made, and then I'll let you guys take over and discuss this. And I think it's a good point. Uh, he said, so maybe if they lean tor- more towards street level characters for a while and take their time with the cosmic shit things might work out better. And I, I think he's hundred percent correct there. I think they should go back to like grounded to reality earth heroes and not let's shoot them in the space and see what they can do. Like that's, daredevil or punisher moon Knight. like daredevil yeah, or punisher. That's what they're doing with the, the shows pretty much, but okay. John wick. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I got anyway, we're talking about this right now, Joe, come on. Sorry. I, All right, I Tyler, what, what do you mean? They're, that's what they're doing about the show. What do you mean by that? Like, that's what they're doing with the shows. Uh, mainly I'm asking because I didn't watch the shows other than WandaVision. Yeah, I I still haven't finished uh, Moon Knight. I still need to watch, uh, was it Miss Marvel or whatever? Yeah, I have not finished Miss Marvel. And I, I kind gave of- up on Moon Knight. I haven't even looked at Miss Marvel. I heard from Moon people Knight's- that said <clears throat> Moon Knight wasn't the greatest, that Miss Marvel was better. I yeah, really like Moon Knight. Two episodes into Miss Marvel, and I was already kind of out of it. I did see a clip from the finale, and I was just like, because they do something I'm not not on board with. Can I spoil it for you, Tyler? What? The finale of Moon Knight? No, yeah, not, go for it. That's fine. <laughs> Brie Larson shows up. Like, Kamala Khan or whatever her name is turns into Brie Larson. You said Moon Knight. You mean Miss Marvel. That's not what yeah, I was Marvel. referring to, though. They, uh, uh, they make uh, her a mutant. Oh, it's not Brie Larson? It's the other girl? What? Yeah, Brie Thank, Lar- you. Thank you. Brie Larson does show up, but Kamala. You said but it's Kam- it's Kamala or Kamala. Yeah, yeah, Kamala Khan, uh, Miss Marvel. 
they basically say, oh, there's something in your DNA. It's a mutation in the X-Men theme plays. I'm just like, what the fuck? Well, they're they're introducing X-Men eventually. But she's an inhuman. She's not she's not a member of the X-Men. Do you really want them to bring back the inhumans? No, well, kind they, of already, they, they, want, they already changed her power. They might as well make they her a whole new up. character at this point. Tyler, what's your but Tyler? Because like, I'll be honest with you, you don't like you. You are, I think. I, it's kind of hard to read you sometimes. You are. You seem like a Marvel fan, but you also don't seem like the typical Marvel fan. So, like, what's your opinion on the MCU, like as a whole, and things like that? Like, are is the fatigue hitting you? Not really, honestly. I mean, like. God, some, some of the I'll shows you for Dio and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> some of the shows are, you know, kind of hit and miss overall. I think they're really good shows. Um, I think with what you're talking about, with like the more like grounded, not crazy characters and stuff like that, they're leaning more to doing shows for them because you don't necessarily need the high budget for it. Yeah, because Black like Widow you, fucking sucked, and they don't want to make another movie like that. that I like Black fun. Widow, but yeah, <laughs> pretty. I, mean, much. I never saw it, but from what I hear, it was, it was fun. <laughs> then you can't say it sucked if you haven't seen it. <laughs> but um, yeah, like with people like Thor and Captain Marvel, Doctor Strange, these people who are practically literal gods. Like you're gonna need a budget because you have to do things that people can't fucking do. That's why you give the shows to Hawkeye, to Daredevil, to Moon Knight's a bad example. Um, yeah, just all those like more human characters, pretty much. My thing I is, will if, give they're, it this. if they're scared to make another Black Widow movie about, you know, being big budget, not making money, then why are they wasting their fucking time with these movies that are, you know, they're not pushing the story of the overall arc further? And that's my complaint. That's my Christ. complaint. To Cole. For what? What do I need to be patient for if okay. you're giving me okay. a story? Okay, let's go back to the first phase. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What, real quick, let me just say let this. Let me finish. Let me just say this real quick. Because this kind of kind of goes with, in a weird way, what Joe is saying. Like, wait, Joe, were you saying they should do more movies like ground and reality type stuff? No, what I'm going to say is Cole saying, you got to wait, you got to wait. For what? You've laid the groundwork for Kang in your series. You've led you laid the groundwork showing, oh, the universes are fucking imploding. I'm going to give you all the multiverses. You show me that Strange is having a hard time keeping the multiverse under control. Why did you not use his movie as an Avenger checkpoint style to show you this is what's happening? I don't need a wait around. I know these, these character story plot lines already. You're using the same people. You're not giving me too many new people yet. Why didn't you use this as your, okay, this is where everything is going now. Why did you just give us another Wanda Doctor Strange movie? I'm with Brady. Because of that movie, I'm feeling the fatigue now. I don't, like, I'm losing interest in this shit. But I want to point out something else, though. Like, think about, and this will kind of go into what I think Cole, something that Cole started saying, but I'll think about phase one real quick. And think about how the first Iron Man movie it your standard it's it's your ground your, your stepping point for what superhero movies are or will become or whatever you know my favorite it was movie still but then go go forward to captain america and that is a world war one two, two. movie 
that just happens to feature a superhero. Go to Captain America Winter Soldier. You have a Cold War movie that just happens mm-hmm. to feature a spy ep- espionage type for like film. five for five minutes. The whole movie's <laughs> like that. <laughs> like a spy on, espionage movie that just happens to have a superhero movie in it or a superhero in it. So why couldn't they take Hawkeye and make a Kill Bill type movie that just happened to have a superhero movie in it? Gotta give us a time during when he was the Ronin. Exactly. That I agree with you. That's that a fun. Been, that's that a fun movie. Badass. That's a fun movie. The Ant Man movies are dark. are fun as hell. Yeah, they could have gone dark with it. They tried to go dark with with Thor: Love and Thunder because, like, like literally physically dark too. Because there were some points in that movie where I just fucking could not see. But like the idea of like some guys going around killing gods, named the God Butcher. Well, I would have first liked of all, to, show me more God butchering. Exactly. That was one of my few complaints. About the you movie. get one God butcher, butchered on screen, and that's about it. The rest of the time, it's just like, oh, he's killing gods. Yeah, there's also, where? One last point. There was also a weird, and I get because it's like Greek mythology and things like that. There's also a weird amount of like religious undertones in that movie to the point of they made a Jesus joke. Like they go to this world that hosts all the gods. And they're like showing, oh, that's like, what's his name? Korg. Like, that's his God right there. They have the gods of emotions and things like that. And they go over. Oh, there's the God of carpeting, but they don't show who it is, but it's clearly Jesus Christ. That's <laughs> my favorite. <laughs> my favorite was the God of dumplings. Yeah. They had an animated fucking dumpling in the movie. Oh, you know what's another about that? All right. That's I'm the not, other problem. I, I, I will say it now too. Comedy needs that to be toned the- down. That is the other problem with these movies, in my opinion, is they market to children too much. Yeah. Every, every not no six-year-old knows about Thor. Most of your audience for these movies, yeah, and a good portion of it's children. But who's really taking these children to the movies? They're fucking parents who grew up on this shit. So make the movie for them. All right, I'll shut up and let you guys take it. I mean, to that point, like you'd have to find the middle ground because you want to bring those kids in while keeping the attention of the parents or the adults that happen to be there. The middle ground is the beautiful colors that are on screen and the explosions. Kids don't care about storylines and plots. They care about whether Iron Man goes pew, pew, pew or not. I'm right. And you know, I think think really where they, (laughs) for me, like for me, I feel like they should have went a bit more serious with Thor with, you know, lighter, Lighter comedy. They tried in the first two movies, didn't work out. Then they give it the the Guardians, you know, paint job, and we don't need two style, two Guardian style movies in the overall overall franchise of everything. So I said, I'm just, I like I'm with Brady. I'm starting to feel the fatigue because you're not you're not leading me anywhere. Yes, I, I to Cole's argument, they're leading me somewhere, and I gotta wait like five years. But what am I waiting for again? I know these characters. You're not really introducing anyone new yet because you have to put me through the door to see the new people. So what's the point? What are they trying to do? Or like Tyler said, the new people are all going to like the Disney plus shows. And another thing, you know, multiverse of madness. If you're going to say, okay, like, you know, let's where's let's the multiverse or the madnessness. Where was Bucky? And where was, Oh, we got madness. There just was just like, there was one multiverse. We didn't get madness at all. Yeah. 
the, we got the, like two seconds of madness and that's when he's like first jumping through portals and they go to a paint and it's, world and it's, it was to stupid dimensions there were colors the fuck was that no, no it, i enjoyed it was, multiverse of madness but it wasn't what i expected it to be in it just it fell very hard from from there. Look, I and, will I will give you guys the benefit of the doubt and say I did not enjoy Multiverse Madness, not because it's a Marvel movie, just because I expected more out of Sam Raimi. I went into that movie wanting a Sam Raimi movie. I went into that movie thinking I would get Evil Dead mixed with a little bit of Spider Man, which yeah. is stuff I it, I didn't get it, and that's why I didn't like it. But to be honest with you, when you hire and that's that's something else. Marvel is not director friendly. They're hiring these big name directors, but they don't let them do their style. The last time they let a good director do their style, and that's the reason they hired him, was Black Panther with Ryan Coogler. Ryan Coogler is a phenomenal director. He directed Fruitvale Station and Creed and Creed. He didn't direct Creed 2, but he wrote it. He's a phenomenal director. He directed the shit out of Black Panther. Was Black Panther a good movie? No. But he directed the shit out of that movie. So when you hire someone like Sam Raimi, who is known for a particular style, of, it would be like hiring Quentin Tarantino for a Marvel movie and then saying everything that you like to do, like all your Quentin Tarantino-isms, you can't do. But what's the point? Because every director has a trademark. And if they can't do that trademark, it's kind of hard to do a movie. Like that's what they're, they have a style that they're known for. I'm sorry. Like I went in. Marvel is not director friendly. I went in expecting Sam Raimi to be different, and then I got Sam Raimi, and I was like, "Oh, this isn't what I wanted." Two things. God, Doctor Strange looked so cheap <laughs> when he was a zombie-looking motherfucker. Like crap. I loved it. That was awesome. When, he looked when, like what's his nuts from uh, Tyler's Pocus. Now I'm so talking. Goddamn it! Shut up, Tyler. <laughs> he looked like the. I forget right, the guy's name from Hocus Pocus. He looked Pocus. like shit. Yeah, like shit. So when we talked about this movie, I'm going to fucking kill you. <laughs> I told, I said that both of y'all made it a victim of your expectations. And both of y'all said, I was expecting shit. What did you just fucking say? Look, huh? You know what? I have Don't time care. to think huh? about Shut it, up. okay? You're, no, you're, you're totally right, but I've had right. time to think about it. And honestly, yep. like, I'd say Multiverse of Madness, like, what I know, Sam Raimi, I'm not as big a fan as you are or anything like that, but I'd say Multiverse of Madness had more Sam Raimi than the first uh, three Spider-Man movies had. Mm. And the reason I say that, though, is honestly only because of the time of when they were made, because at the time, Sony just had the rights to, to Spider-Man. Yeah. And they were just like, here you go, Sam, make a movie for us. And then they let him do whatever he wanted to do. And he's a huge, he's a huge comic nerd, but he's also a huge Spider-Man nerd. So he was able to make, and I'm pretty sure he's a huge Dr. Strange nerd, by the way, um, because he name checks him in like Spider-Man two, I think, or Spider-Man one, Spider-Man two. Um, anyway, he, uh, he got to do what he wanted to do, but back then Sony, and ultimately everybody in Hollywood really just didn't know how to make a, a superhero movie. Like yeah. it wasn't like what it is today. Like you got Spider-Man and then maybe like two years later, you got the first X-Men movie. And then a few years later, you got another Spider-Man X-Men movie. came first, whatever you get my point. Uh, but now 
when you get hired to make a Marvel movie, you have to make it within a certain parameter of what Marvel says you can do. It's so, by committee, essentially. What do you mean by that? I mean, it's like you have like a group of people saying, all right, this is where we're going. This is what we need. This is what needs to happen here. Here you go. This is what you're allowed to do. This is what you can't do. Like Basically like that. Well, then if I'm a director making a movie, why the fuck would I want to sign on to that? Yeah, exactly. Because Marvel because is specifically Marvel is specifically hiring directors for their style. That's why they would hire someone like that. But then to they tell them they can't do, do their, their style. style. Yeah. Um, That's why my dream Marvel movie will never fucking happen. Well, that's also why we saw uh, Howard the Duck. We talked about. The, yeah, that's, that's also my dream, why. Uh, that's my dream Marvel. I know. Howard the Duck, written and directed by Kevin Smith. It almost happened, but it he. I'm yeah, pretty sure he backed out. It was gonna be a, it was a show on Hulu, and they canceled it because it was gonna be Howard the Duck, Tiger and Dazzler, uh, Hit Monkey, and Modok, and they were all gonna come together in a spinoff show called The Offenders. And only Modoc and Hitmonkey got made, and the other two got canceled. And I was so pissed off because Howard Howard is my second favorite Marvel character behind Spider Man. Uh, but no, like look at Scott Dickerson. I think that's or Dick Dickinson. Dickerson, the guy who uh, the guy who directed the first Doctor Strange movie. He wanted to direct Multiverse of Madness, but he had ideas, and they told him no. So then he's like, all right, bye. I'm going to go make the black phone because I'm going to go do something that I'm actually appreciated in. Scott Derrickson, not Dick Dickerson. Okay. But Come and he on. also did Exorcism of Emily Rose as well. Uh, but like, it, it's sad that like Marvel will not let these directors do their job. I don't know. It's, it, it, it's, is- it's affecting all of Hollywood, really. It really is. There is a superhero that is still making the proper movies, giving the fans what they want. Anybody know who that is? Yeah, who is it, Joe? The Batman. Sure. But you know what DC does? Make every other superhero suck. No, no, they, no Joe, let directors no, do what literally. they're supposed to be doing. Cole said it yeah. right there. Yeah. What do they do oh. when Zack Snyder made it? When they wanted the Snack Siders cut, they let him reshoot the entire fucking movie mm-hmm. and make his mm-hmm. own movie. Mm-hmm. Matt Reeves literally walked out of the Batman and said, I'm not doing it because you won't let me do what I want to do. And they said, okay, we'll let you do what you want to do. And then he came back. You know, as much shit as, as try, gets, try telling Christopher Nolan he can't make a Christopher Nolan Batman movie. As much shit as DC movies get, like I, I like them. Because I feel like they get down to that creativity that they you want. You guys to be know in. I don't like these movies. It's not just Marvel exclusive. It's all superhero movies. But look how positively I've talked about the Batman this Batman year. Was fucking phenomenal. Versus the two Marvel movies that I've seen this year. The the problem is the company itself, really. It is. But like that company, I, I don't know why, is supposedly the be all end all of Hollywood cinema, and it. It's affecting everything. Like when they're like literally small budget movies that need just a little bit of CGI in it 
probably can't get made because all the CGI artists are too busy over at Marvel where the mm-hmm. demand is still too high that they can't keep up with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, but then they can't, they can't get the CGI right to look good. Exactly. Whether, whether it's, it's or they're too, fighting in a parking lot. It's too well done or it's not, it's not done enough. Like Kevin Smith says this a lot. Like he says he loves those movies and he's just saying it because he's a fan and all this. And you do have to play politics when you're in that world. But he's saying he loves those movies, but if he was ever asked to direct, he probably wouldn't do it. And I don't think it I don't think it's because he is like afraid or anything. I think it's because he knows when he goes in there, they're not gonna let him make a Kevin Smith movie. Jay and Silent Bob versus Deadpool or something like that. Like a Kevin Smith type movie. They're gonna be like, all right, you have to stick to this story structure and everything. Like even even when he was working on the Howard the Duck show, which never happened, he I forget who it was, but he said that Marvel came came to them and was like, okay, we you have this character and this character. You can't use them. You can't use that. Like they were telling him which characters he couldn't use. They, I'm pretty sure they did that in Multiverse of Madness as well. I don't know. But I'm just saying. I'm like, pretty sure they've done that in all the movies, to be honest with you. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure I've read a report every time a Marvel movie comes out of like, well, this director wanted to use this to character show- and they didn't let him use this character well this show wasn't it's not even connected to the mcu but they were it was just supposed to be like a kind of standoff yeah Yeah. but i see what your point is and i'm saying that they do that a lot yeah i know but ethan hawk said it best he's like marvel movies are good and all but people need to branch out of that and i i feel like that's the big problem right now is people there's people like me that are that have the fatigue that are over it there's people like cole that aren't fatigued and absolutely loving it there's people like joe you absolutely love it compared to everyone else on. yeah but i'm kind of there's people like joe that's in the middle where like some of it's good some of it's bad but like most people that you talk to within society are just like did you see the new marvel movie did you see the new marvel movie did you see the new marvel movie no dude because i'm over here watching everything everywhere I'm over here watching something else that A24 put out. I'm over here watching some movie that you'll never hear of because you're too busy sucking off Marvel. Like A24 is putting out some of the best fucking movies. They have a movie coming out that's a horror movie, but also looks kind of funny called like Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Yeah, it's got Pete Davidson. I saw the trailer today. It looks interesting. A24 is like like low-key putting out the best fucking movies and nobody's watching them. I'm I'm right there with you. Like I'm I'm getting tired of saying, have you seen the next Marvel or have you seen, you know, whatever Marvel movie here? It sucks being a podcaster, dude. Yeah, that's what we have to focus on. Like, but like, um, I do want, like, I do miss going to see other movies. I haven't had time except to go watch Elvis. Shout out to our fans real quick, though, because the the, the people that do listen to our show are 100% not just here for the Marvel shows. They're here for us and our takes on all the movies. For sure. I'm sure. I'm sure you've had people reach out to you. I'm sure Colts had people. Tyler's had people reach out. I've had people reach out. Be like, I heard you talk about this on your show and I'm checking it out. I think that's cool because that is breaking out past the MCU. Like it gets names out there for movies. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it's a, it's that point. Like, you know, we don't really have to talk about the MCU because we know you're going to go watch it. You know what I mean? Look at us for the past like six months talking about. We're going to watch Identity, which came out in like 2003 in Velocipaster. I'm like, working I'm on it. I'm excited about that. I'm not. I'm excited about Identity, at least, especially for Identity Cole, was good. I, I feel Three like minutes. Identity, 
do not read the description before you watch it on FX. Literally hit play and just watch it because that's the best way you need to experience the first time. Does there's does the description like ruin everything? Is that no? But I'm minutes? go ahead. Just I'm just saying, just watch it without reading anything about it because I literally I I shit you not, Cole. I think about that movie once a week every every day since I've watched that movie the first time. Okay. Three minutes into Velocipaster, and I know that I hate that fucking movie. Oh, dude! I, also, I saw so like bad. the the clip where like they blow up a car and they're like test screen or whatever. I know that movie's gonna be terrible, and I can't wait to shit all over it. I like I already had notes. Same the with first... the monsters, bro. I cannot wait to shit all over it. I'm oh so ready God. to fucking take notes on that movie. I finally watched the trailer today. Dun, 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 Holy dun, dun, hell! Dun, 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 dun. Dude, oh, so I saw so the teaser or whatever for Oppenheimer today. Oppenheimer. Yeah, Oppenheimer. Dude, the way. So here's the thing. They Wait, hold on. Quick question for you, real quick. Where'd you go see the movie? I saw it at Regal. So do they play it like right before the movie started? That, that's Wait, what I'm about to get to. You said the, you said the trailer for the trailer for they, it. It's a teaser. They, okay. They dimmed all the lights. The Universal logo came up. I'm like. All right, and then you you just see like this like kind of explosion thing, and I'm like, wow, this movie's getting right into it. And then it had all these dates at the bottom. I'm like, what what is it? What is what? What are all these numbers? And then I, and then it hit me. I'm like, this is fucking up. And I, what what? Why are they doing it this way? Well, I, the reason I asked because uh, someone see the teaser. The reason I asked because someone in that uh, trash can of a subreddit called the Halloween subreddit. Uh, <laughs> They asked, like, uh, no, it was actually the AMC subreddit. Uh, they asked, like, what trailers did you see before Nope? And some people saw Oppenheimer before it started. And then some people saw it, like, for AMC, they have the Nicole Kidman thing. They would play the Nicole Kidman piece, and then they would play the tra- teaser for yeah. it. Yeah, so Regal has a thing where they, like, you know, take you through, like, the theater or whatever, and then they have, like, some celebrities quoting movie lines, and then it's like, oh, okay, enjoy enjoy your movie. And then the movie's supposed to start. So I see the Universal logo. I'm like, all right, let's go. And then I get hit with Christopher Nolan. I'm like, fuck, dude, what are you doing? Go away. You're putting respect on Christopher Nolan's name, right? Dude, that's going to be a weird day at the movies. Yeah, can I have one ticket for Oppenheimer and one ticket for Barbie? How about you don't see movies back to back and give it some fucking time and let someone else watch a movie? Nah, that's no fun. No, I plan on doing that, seeing both in the same day. Barbie, let's go. I might. Come on, Barbie, let's go party. I know we keep saying like the state of movie. So like, let me let me propose this question to you guys and I guess we can kind of wrap it up here. Um, should Marvel take a break? And if they do, how long? I kind of did take a year off in 2020, but that wasn't intentional. That doesn't count. I know. It wasn't intentional. I say they should have. They should have. They waited. really didn't take a year off. They were like, "Hey, we're gonna do this next. And we're gonna do." They were still working the whole time. Yep, they've had this plan laid like out. Like if you noticed, if you noticed, Thor: Love and Thunder was not filmed in Atlanta because Australia opened before anybody else because they were smart and told everyone to stay home, and it worked. And so they were all like, "All right, well, everyone can film over here." Pretty much half the cast is Australian anyway. We're just going to go film a movie here. So I think what they need to do at once, once this next saga, whatever the, if whether it's Secret Wars or Kang Dynasty, whatever they're building up to, once this is done and they've done this, take two, three, t- take a couple years off. 
let everyone kind of recharge. Because I'll say this: after Endgame, I was kind. I was glad for the year break because after after Endgame and Far From Home, I was kind of out of it. But there wasn't a year break for Endgame. There was a movie that came out after Endgame. Yeah, yeah, Far From Home, and then we had nothing until Black Widow. Well, until WandaVision, but that still took you know it took a while. But like it was maybe seven months. It wasn't that long, but still. Look, look again. This is the reason Star Wars fatigue hasn't. It started to kick in, but then it stopped because they finished the Skywalker saga, and then we aren't getting the next Star Wars big name movie until like what 2023, 2024. Supposed to be net. It's supposed to be next December. But Taika Waititi has even said he doesn't even know what his movie's about. And I'm like, well, you okay? That's fine with him. Wait, that's Taika. Is Taika directing the next Star Wars movie? Yeah, and he doesn't even know what the fuck it's gonna be about yet. Did you did you not hear the report about him asking Natalie Portman to be in the movie? Oh yeah, you he mentioned forgot. that, and he didn't I, know I that think, she was. I think I forgot that. Okay, yeah. Hmm. I don't know how I feel about Taika directing the Star Wars movie. I like Taika, but I don't know how I feel about him directing the Star Wars movie. I like him more as an actor than I do as a director. They really need to let John uh, Favreau and Filoni just take over. Let them be the Feige of Star Wars. Thank you. They kind of have. Without announcing Kathleen Kennedy needs needs to take more of a backseat. In terms of the TV shows, yes. Movies, no. Kathleen Kennedy is the one that kind of executive produces everything. That's fine, but it needs to be Favreau and Filoni that oversee everything Mm -hmm. in general. Kennedy can can continue to produce, but it needs to be them too overseeing everything. No, she needs to leave. Hmm. I just... I don't know, man. Like, make me care about the Bad Batch. <laughs> I wish. Stop with the fucking adventures and babysitting arcs. I'm so tired of all of the all of these characters. I am. I'm I am too. But goddamn it, it was so adorable with Obi Wan and that. And okay, Leia. Leia is the one exception. <laughs> the others can GTFO. I'm just gonna say this, and then Especially I'm, I'm done with the show Batch. for today. Uh, okay. I'm excited for our next episode because we don't have to sit here and talk about goddamn Marvel film. We're yeah. going to have to talk about Marvel because their Comic-Con panel is tomorrow and apparently the Black Panther trailer is dropping tomorrow, which I don't give a shit. Who's going to be Black Panther? Apparently uh, going to be... Uh, so what I'm hearing is it's going to be Shuri, but then for the future, it's going <laughs> it's going to be Shuri, but then they're going to like switch it to M'Baku is what I'm hearing. No, no reaction. But Brady. the big thing I'm hearing is that, Doom, said, is that so. Doom is gonna appear, and that's why I'm gonna go see it because I don't. Doom and Black Panther. He's still, he's still going on, so I still don't know what you said. I don't know. I'm tired. I said Terrence Howard, and I was like, I mean, that'd be. Good. They should just do Wesley Snipes. Finally, give him the role made. that he was wanting to do. They should have just recast it. Like I'm really, they could have recast. They could have found someone. His family said they could. Yeah, his family gave the. Again, no, no. That's, that's Ryan Coogler as a director. Just saying. Imagine, imagine Creed without Michael B. Jordan. I couldn't think of anyone else to play Black Panther, though. Exactly. They're good at picking actors and actresses that fit those roles, and make. And also, there's the whole thing of like when you sign on as a Marvel character, you're pretty much that character for life. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, I don't know. And you can't really play. A different character within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. 
mm-hmm. unless you're Michelle Yao because she's done two like two different characters now. And I think there's one other person. What'd she play? She was uh she was one of the other she was one of the crew members in Guardians of the Galaxy two. One of uh uh what's okay the, and what's the other one she was? She was one of the she was like the tribe leader in Shang Chi. You sure it's her? Yeah. Not sure. I'll have to look that up. Are you about to make a racially incorrect uh, mistake? It's not. No, it's. You're playing a dangerous game, son. Okay, Guardians of the Galaxy two as Alita Ogord, and then uh, Shang Chi. She played. I don't know the character's name. Not it out. Ying Nan. Ying Nan, yeah, but she was one of the Ravagers. One of uh. Are you? Sh- well, she was a background character. At that point, you probably didn't know. Credit scene setting up three with a uh, freaking uh, mm. Sylvester Stallone. Hey, oh, and Miley Cyrus is voice. All right, All right I'm ready to wrap this up. I'm tired of yelling. Y'all. Wrap this up. I'm fucking tired. I want to go home. All right. Well, for Tyler, uh, Brady. Yeah, Tyler died. Tyler died. Uh, R.I.P. Tyler. Hope you guys enjoy this shit show. Um, sorry, I yelled. Sorry, I yelled. I'm not sorry, I yelled. They now deserved it. Yourself. Shout out to my boy Cayman for his opinion because, like, his opinion was awesome, and I totally agree with everything he said. Uh, shout out to my boy Gage. Hopefully, we can get you onto the show soon. Shout out to Cole for not paying attention to the show until the last half of it. Shout out to Joe and the Southern yeah, Revival. Dude. They have a show tomorrow, but by the time you listen to this, it will already be played. So. They did great. <laughs> uh, uh, my little homie uh, Penny, Penny, go do a flip. Uh yeah. Let's. Uh, I'm gonna. We'll we'll take some time off, as in like a week, and then we'll get back to it. See y'all next month. No, we're, we're legitimately year. like. I'll I'll literally go to camp and we'll record the, when I get back. We'll see. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.